Hey everybody, welcome to episode 63 of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. My name is Kieran, and I have been metal detecting now for nearly 30 years. This week, as we're getting back into summer, I want to give you my top 10 tips for beach detecting. So let's get on with the show. Hey everybody, before we start, I want to thank you for listening to the podcast and I hope you enjoyed the show this week. But before we begin, I want to give you the following information. If you want to give me feedback or interact with the show, please reach out to me on Twitter at Detecting The or Instagram at The Metal Detecting Podcast. Or if you want to pop me an email to Kieran at TheMetalDetectingShow.com. And now, if you would like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on SpeakPipe.com forward slash The Metal Detecting Show. The link will be in the show notes. If you would like to buy me a coffee, you can actually do so now with buymeacoffee.com forward slash metal detecting. And lastly, and most importantly, if you like this content, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hi all, I hope you had a great week this week. I guess I was wrong last week when I predicted another week of Irish rain as Ireland went into its two-day summer hot streak with temps hitting a mighty 21 degrees C or 7 degrees Fahrenheit which is probably laughable winter-like conditions for some of you listeners but this is hot in Ireland resulting in the one day of the year where Irish beaches got packed to the gobbles as my son James says. I got out for a quick blast on Thimble Beach this week with more of the same finds of some toast and copper bits and bobs, but nothing major. However, knowing that the beaches were packed out, I planned another hunt today when everyone is back working. I'm writing and recording this episode early this week, so by the time this episode is live, I'll have hit the beaches again, and hopefully I'll have had enough to buy myself a coffee. Wink, wink. Trying not to curse myself here. So with the heat wave, I thought it would be a good time to recap or recount my top 10 tips for beach detecting. Now, most weeks I would have to do some level of research for the topic of the week. However, I have been detecting beaches successfully for the last, God, 20 years, 20 plus years. Jesus. And I generally measure my success by the following metric. Do I find enough targets to pay for my current metal detector? For example, I used the MineLab Quattro for a few years and was able to say after about three years that I had easily covered the $1,000 cost of the machine. Right now, I use the Equinox or CTX on the beach, but to be fair, if I'm hunting relics or historic targets, I go with the 6-inch coil on the CTX, so I class my Equinox as my go-to beach detector. Have I been successful enough to pay for this detector yet over the last few years? Not as successful as the Quattro, however, I have been varying my detecting looking for more historic targets. But I would be confident that if I did go back to focusing on coins and jewellery, hunting on beaches, I would most definitely have paid for the Equinox by now. So here's my top 10 tips for beach hunting, and in no particular order, but starting with one. Only go to beaches that are popular with sunbathers, picnickers and swimmers. What I mean here is there is very little opportunity in searching a beach which is popular for dog walkers and not popular for actual beach activities. If you have to travel a few hours to these places, then do so. It's always worth it and worth the extra gasoline money. 
two, golden or dry sand is not your friend. There's two points here. Firstly, if your detector only operates effectively on dry sand, then you need to change up your detector. For one that does operate on wet sand, you are limiting your search area too much just to focus on the dry sand. Most rings fall off in the water and if your detector can't handle the wet or the salt, then change it up if you're going to focus on beach detecting. Second point, if you look at the beach and watch how the sand moves, you will see that it forms dunes or banks of loose sand and a lot of people do sit on these and drop stuff. But if you have ever dropped anything on deep sand, you will see how quick that drops down through the sand, never to be found again, even with a detector because it drops down below the detection field of the detector or is moved with the shifting sands to somewhere else on the beach. Golden or dry sand can be too deep for your detector to detect. Point three, the opposite to point two, look out for the cut. What's the cut I hear you say? The cut is where the waves have eroded the sand away due to some topographical difference in the seabed, pulling the sand off the beach, leaving hard, compact sand and stones exposed. This is the opposite to the thick golden sands, but can be a hot spot for targets as they have fallen through the sand to rest on the hard packed sand. It also acts as a sluice, capturing any targets that may have been in the process of being pulled out to sea by snagging them on the rocks or pebbles. But be warned, just because a cut may be there one day, it can be totally gone the next. So if you spy a cut on the beach, hit that first because you never know when you will get the opportunity to hit that spot again. Number four, use a long-handed sand scoop. Speed is key for beach detecting. And in my opinion, a long-handed sand scoop is more important than a pinpointer on a beach. A sand scoop normally has a large head, so pinpointing the approximate location with your detector should be sufficient for you to pull the target out easily and quickly. 5. Know what you're looking for. You're not looking for relics on the beach, so set your detector accordingly. What you're looking for is setting your detector's discrimination up for coin shooting and high conductivity targets. Mask out all iron if you can. This will filter out some of those bottle caps and cans. But don't go mad. Remember, pull tabs often give a similar signal as gold rings. So I'm actually happy if I'm pulling up pull tabs. It means that I'm not going to miss any high value target. And remember, it only takes one high value target to make your year. I don't dig 50-50 targets anymore. I used to, but I know that time I would spend digging a 50-50 target is better served getting to the next target, which may be a keeper. Number six. Turn down your sensitivity. I'm not talking about turning it down to make your detector work properly on a beach, but actually turn it down to remove very small targets. Think about it realistically. You could have your sensitivity up full blast, picking up every little target under the sand. But what's the likelihood that these will be good finds? Very slim. Remember, sensitivity adjusts the size of the detected target at depth, not your depth. And it has been shown time and time again that adjusting sensitivity has very little effect on depth. So I turn down my sensitivity to anything below a penny size, leaving all coins and jewellery. I may lose some lost earrings, but that's the price I'm willing to pay. Number seven, probably linked to point two about golden sands. The closer to the sea or river, the less rubbish will be present, making it easier for you to pick out the good targets. 
This is why surf detecting is so popular. However, expect to not have to dig loads of finds. So you may go for long periods of time without any targets, resulting in the desperation dig, where you're just digging the targets because you want to dig something. Number eight, look out for hot spots. For example, under piers or streams where people may clean their feet and hands or wash their bits and bobs. Coffee docks, ice cream vendors, all attract the use of coinage for now anyways. So look for the path of least resistance to these places because it is likely stuff gets dropped on the way there checking to make sure you have enough cash and back checking that you got the right change. Public toilets are a favourite of mine. I pick a line up the beach to the public toilet and hunt till I get to the exit, which I hit hard till it gives me up its goodies. Number nine, be prepared to hunt under rocks or in rock pools. This can be a taxing hunt, but rocks and rock pools are essentially a large net snagging and capturing any and all targets in the area. I specifically hunt these with a hurry knife or a trowel, but remember, you don't want to be scraping a one cent coin out of a crack for 10 minutes. So make sure you focus only on the high value signals here. Number 10. Hit the dunes, not to be confused with golden sand dunes, but dunes get formed when sand gets trapped due to vegetation, becoming essentially a mixture of sand and grass, but a popular spot for canoodling and picnicking. 11. A bonus tip. Use stratification or granulation to your benefit. I have found success in the past with the following technique. If I find a small lead sinker, I know this has a density that is very close to gold, so I will scribe an imaginary line along the beach matching the sea in my head and follow this arc across the beach, knowing that there is a good chance that any gold will have moved into this band based on its density. Granulation is the same effect but occurs because of an object's size. Did you ever go to a stony beach and see the stones graded from large to small? This is granulation and can be used to help grid your beach. And finally, number 12, a bonus bonus tip. Wear sunscreen and hydrate. Keep warm and dry for a longer hunt. That's it for this week. I hope you liked this episode of the Metal Detecting Show podcast. Check out our website, www.metaldetectingshow.com for this episode's show notes. Check out our Patreon page if you want to help the podcast stay alive or just want to buy me a coffee. Actually, if you want to buy me a coffee, you can do so now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash metaldetecting. If you'd like to leave me a voicemail, please do so on speakpipe.com forward slash the metal detecting show. The link will be in the show notes. And if you feel like taking your appreciation to the next level, feel free to leave me a positive review on any podcast directory of your choice. If you like this content and would like more, please don't hesitate to tell your friends and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Once again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. We will chat to you all again next week. Get out there, eyes down and happy hunting.